You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Welcome to The Favorites, the podcast from the Volume Podcast Network. I am Chad Millman. I will be joined in a second by my BFF, my compadre, my companion, professional better, Simon Hunter. And he provided some professional lessons this past week, our first Tuesday pod of the season. I got to imagine if anybody listened to this pod, it was profitable for them because we're going to run through a lot of different things and I will delineate ways in which it should have been profitable. And Simon and I will briefly review that before we dig into our handicaps for every single game on the board, whether it's a side, whether it's a total, whether it's a money line. Reminder for people who are new to the favorites, my name is Chad Millman. I'm the Chief Content Officer for the Action Network. We've been around for about three and a half years. We focus entirely on serving the sports betting community, information, analysis, research. We've got an award-winning app that's free if you download it. It's called the Action Network app. You can track your picks in there. I used to be at ESPN. I had a podcast there for a long time, brought it over to the Action Network when we launched. We are fully focused on the sports betting community, which is why Colin Cowherd wanted us to join the Volume Podcast Network. On this podcast, we will go over every game. Like I said, we will give you our foxhole bet. We're all going to jump in this one together. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. We're going to give you our Simon Says bet. Simon Says it, just bet it. Thursday, we will do some Survivor. We will narrow down the board based on lines that have moved and choose five games that we like the most. Reminder, me and Colin review all this from his side of the perspective on Friday. We have a show called Convince Me that we do it at Action Network HQ on Sundays in which we uh, do our final takedown of the board at 11 a.m. Eastern before the games kick off. A lot to get through there, Simon. How you feeling, buddy? And I want to say thank you to anyone that's still listening to the show. That will be the most Chad will talk in a row for the remainder of the show. I promise you. Uh, good, Chad. How you doing, buddy? You know, sometimes your British wit comes out and it's hurtful. <laughs> well, I just want to start off by saying someone's sitting in this room right now and their favorite team is leading the division at 1-0. And that is the Philadelphia Eagles. Another one of us team is tied for the lead in their division without even a single win. And that's Chad with the Chicago Bears. And we have another team here in the Buffalo Bills who are tied for last place in their division. So, Chad, a lot of things are uh, changing and moving fast here in 2021 football season. 
No joke. Producer Matt Mitchell loves the Buffalo Bills. Uh, I, of course, love the Bears. You love the Eagles. Uh, I thought this weekend was fascinating. And I, and we're going to go through every game and we'll do sort of our good cap, bad cap routine instead of good cop, bad cop, good cap, bad cap. Because look, a lot of times you get it right and you still don't win, even though I have often said the right side is the winning side. Um, for example, that Arizona, Tennessee game, we liked the over 51 and a half. It landed at 51 with three minutes left in the third quarter and no one scored again the rest of the game. Uh, sometimes you get it wrong. Like the Packers, uh, we got that one wrong. And sometimes you just get it right. Like the Texans or the Texans on the money line or the Steelers on the money line or the Raiders on the money line. And hopefully as we discussed in this show last Tuesday and reiterated on Thursday, you tie some money line parlays together and you put the Raiders and the Steelers together and the Raiders and the Texans together and the Texans and the Steelers together. We also had the Lions in there, so that one didn't work out. Um, but that's when you cash. Yeah, uh, that was, again, it's it's week one. That's why it's the best week. It's the overreact week. It's the most fun for talking points. but. I'm going to try to keep it cool, keep my head, uh, you know, not so far in the clouds because it's one of these things where I don't want to listen to the noise, but there are some things we have to talk about and you have to take notice of. And that's where it's, it's, there's some stuff you're going to fade because week one is just such a throughout week. And there's some stuff that we're going to look back on and be like, okay, that was a sign. Like this team, they're either for real or this team's complete seasons in the tanker. This is just an awful team. So it's really fun the next couple of weeks where, it's just adding information to everyone's model. So the, the sharps get better and the, the, the sports books get smarter, but 12 and four, I think it was the underdogs covered and it was nine and seven, I believe one outright that's historical Chad. So I'm pretty pissed that I, I kind of blew it for us. We went two and three in the contest, but Hey, at least our fans, they listened to the show. They took some money lines with us and it was a profitable week for most of us. So I'm hoping I can be better for you this week in the contest because that, that was pretty much uh, the only letdown of the weekend. Well, look, the, the, there's a lot of lessons we can take away from that. And one is getting out of our own head. And we did this last season too. We ended up finishing 24th and winning a lot of money. But um, the a two the game cal- difference, we would have like 500K. Right, exactly. And so the difference is you got to sort of stay focused on what your principles are. And I think- you know, when it comes down to making our five best picks, which we'll talk a little bit more on Thursday, and then defining those even more on Sunday morning, we'll get into that and sort of try to try to get out of our own heads. Let's get right to the games, though. We know that so many people, they just want to get to the game that they are most interested in. So we've got a special treat. Our voiceover specialist, Tina. She's just going to tee up the games for us. We will put it in the time code, put the time code in the description of the podcast. That way you can fast forward to directly what you want. All right. It's week two, Thursday night football. New York Giants at Washington football team. The New York football Giants, who looked terrible against the Denver Broncos, a team that you wanted to bet, a team that I did not want to bet. That was a bad choice on my part. On the road of the Washington football team on Thursday night, it looks like they are about three and a half point underdogs on the road. Um, Majority of the bets, majority of the money coming in on the Giants. The total looks like it's very low, about 40 and a half. 
um, what say you here, Simon? What are we thinking? And I'll save it for Thursday, but I did tell Chad, the last thing I said to him was, I'm going to give you so much shit for not letting me put Denver in our contest. Cause that to me was the best bet of the weekend. It just felt like. That is a fucking lie, by the way. Not once. No, it isn't. No, no, no. no. I'm not going to say that I, that I didn't want, that I wanted to not take Denver. A hundred percent was not on the side of Denver. But I will tell you, you never once said, this is my favorite bet. You never, never said that. Not once did you ever say that. If, if you had said to me, this is my favorite bet, do you think I'm ever not going to go with it? I think my exact words, I'm going to give you so much shit for not letting me put Denver in this That game. is, by the way, I'm willing to take the shit. I'm not willing to accept <laughs> the fact that you said it was your favorite bet. Right, that's, that's a New Jersey way of saying this is my favorite bet. But I'm yeah. sorry. I'll be more clear next time. But Yeah. Try um, to use the fucking language. This is costing <laughs> us money. That's on me. That's on me. Uh, yeah, this game, man, is ugly. Um, we're heartbroken right now because Washington, I liked that last week. And again, Fitz went down. I know people think there's not that big of a difference between him and Heineke. Fitches took first team reps all of the preseason. That's that's a big deal. So Heineke wasn't prepared. I thought he played well coming in cold and you know he kept him in that game. But it was because I thought that was such a trap game for the Chargers. I mean, they literally Herbert had that red zone turnover, and I was like, okay, me and Chad are gonna sneak one out here. And then I mean, literally the next play, yeah. Gibson fumbled. So that hurt. That hurt. Football hurts. Yeah, it's good to be back. So looking at this game. This just feels like a classic divisional game where you take the three and a half for the Giants. I know they looked horrible in their game against Denver. We talked about that. That was kind of like a setup where the Giants haven't had all their pieces there. Saquon's still not 100%. No one really knows what's going on Galladay. That offensive line's horrible. I get it. Everyone here in this game is going to be terrified, and you're not going to want to take the Giants. But just the fact that it's a divisional game, both these teams are going to know each other very well. You can just go through like their past games the last couple of years. Daniel Jones isn't as bad as he showed in that Denver game. He is bad. But, I mean, that was – he was atrocious against Denver. Um, literally scored a touchdown with zero time, like zero time left on the clock and make it look like they scored 13 points in that game. They didn't. They scored seven. That was a horrible game. So, just looking at it from the math standpoint, I'll be taking the Giants. Zero chance we put this into our contest. I hate this game. So, I'm going to bet the Giants. I'll bet the under. And I might watch it for 10 minutes. Here's one thing I like about this. The Giants at plus three and a half. These divisional games on Thursday nights are always so ugly and so close. So I, I think I agree with you. And also my instinct on this is if you want to sort of play against the overreaction, you play against the Giants' overreaction because they were so bad. And I do think people still will give the Washington football team the benefit of the doubt and say, all right. They had that game. It was close. They lost their quarterback, still played tight. They will be the side that I want to bet on. So I'm with you. I'd go with the Giants. I don't want to touch this as one of our five best, but 100%. What about the total at 40 and a half? Again, I'll probably end up taking the under, but I know this will go over somehow. These Both these guys are going to be so sloppy at the football, but I, I just can't trust either of these offenses. Like Usually, this, I think it's... I'm pretty sure it leans towards the over these early weeks on the Thursdays because of the short week where it actually has a bigger effect on the defense than it does on the offense. Um, but for me, I, I can't, I can't take this over. I just cannot do it. Um, even though I, I get, I get it. This is a sneaky over just cause it's Thursday night, but I, I just can't do it. That is a dreadfully 
low total at 40 and a half. And last week we had the Giants at the lowest total on the board. Uh, it closed at 42. It closed at 41 and a half. It was sneaky at the end. It got nerve wracking. But oh, it just uh, made it. Yeah. Just made it. Uh, they were against last week the Denver Broncos. Teddy covers. The guy just covers. And by the way, I even think I said in the podcast last Tuesday, Teddy covers. How do we not want to be on the Teddy cover side? You might have talked me out of it. If I want to do a little revisionist history, no, you might have talked mis- me out you of it. You must remember, this is classic narcissist Chad, New York Times bestseller. Chad Millman wrote a book. Uh, you were like, we don't take road favorites when a home dog is getting this amount of the money and this amount of percentage. I said, Chad, sometimes the public wins. That's the quote unquote. You know what? You might be 100% right. I'm here for you, buddy. Wow, that is that is remarkable recall. And no one is better at calling me out as a narcissist than you, except for maybe my wife. It's like crazy how quickly you were able to glean the core of who I am when I am so good at generally hiding it. Well, think of how much we talk, me, you, and Matt Mitchell. We're talking constantly. It's it's you just get to know people like that, Chad. The more you talk, you more little things you realize, like. I realized within 10 minutes of me and Matt Mitchell, if our airplane crashed and we were on a boat together, he would he would knock me out and eat me within six hours. <laughs> Even if he was full, he would he would just kill me right away and eat me because that's just Matt Mitchell. So these are kind of things I learn about people right away. I do think that betters and bookmakers are as good as anybody in the world at understanding and discerning personalities and group psychology. That's all bookmakers do is group psychology, right? Everything we're talking about is what does the public think? How is the number going to be shaded? How are they going to take advantage of people who are overreacting? This whole week, week two was like the 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 pinnacle of group psychology for bookmakers. And so I am not surprised at all at your ability to identify, you know, people and their basic insecurities or personality traits. You're a gift. You're a gift to all of us, Simon. Denver Broncos at Jacksonville Jaguars. The Broncos right now are six-point favorites on the road. This game opened at two and a half. It's moved up to six. 70% of the bets coming in on the Broncos. 71% of the money coming in on the Broncos. Dude, take the Jaguars. I know. I hate this so much. This is one of my favorite games. I had this at three and a half. It's all the way up to six, six and a half at certain books. We're doing it, Chad. Holding our nose. This is one of these things we're probably going to end up taking the Jags. And I'm probably going to convince myself to take the money line, but I just can't do it right now on Tuesday because Urban Myers, man, that was embarrassing how bad they were against Houston. I, I thought Houston was going to win, but I thought it was going to be a lot closer because Houston is awful. Another thing I loved about that game was Trevor Lawrence looked all right, like, the way he threw the ball and things like that, his decision-making was terrible. But to get hyped that he threw for over 300 yards and three touchdowns against the Houston Texans is a weird take, okay? I, I think we all know Houston Texans are terrible. So just looking at this game, this is pure numbers and value. This is a three-point game. I, I'm going to take the three-and-a-half. I, I expect the Jaguars' offense to be much better than what the Giants' offense was. So, you know. Back-to-back road games for Denver to start the season off, that's that's tough for them. That's a, that's a bad spot to be in. It's a little scary with Teddy Covers on the road. Uh, he, he covers on the road. Number-based value, six, six and a half for the Jaguars. Just like Pittsburgh last week, you have to take it if it's off by three points. So we'll definitely be on the Jaguars. 
Yeah, it's super ugly. But this is this is the difference between professional betting and amateur betting. You make bad, you make decisions on bad games. And this is how you sort of increase your bankroll. This is how you improve your ROI. It's if we saw, we just saw underdogs going 12 and four. We just saw nine of seven underdogs winning outright. It's very hard to win on the road in the NFL. It's very hard to win as a big favorite. Um, and we'll get to the 49ers and we'll talk about the Lions when we get to that. But um, I, you got to hold your nose. You got to bet the Jags. You got to think this number is going to go up. So you probably just hold on and wait. I'd wait. I mean, the Sharps are going to come in on it. But we've just seen it time and time again. The public. Yeah, this is one of the things we talked all offseason about. One of my favorite things about the legalization of sports gambling is the public coming in so heavy on different sides that. It bumps up the number. It bumps up the the money line on these underdogs. That's why we just saw something historical last week. It's because the public is all gambling. Like guys who never even gamble in their entire lives, you know, in their 50s and 60s, they're sports betting now from their couch. And they're moving lines because they're betting thousands of dollars. So as a pro, I'm trying to take advantage of these big spreads. Nothing wrong with guys in the 50s and 60s betting, by the way. No, I love those people. The total on this game is 45. And actually 45 and a half, it's gone up. Um, here's what's interesting. I think there's a play on the over as well for a little bit of the reason we're talking about. Huge overreaction in the market. 89% of the money is coming in on the under. The majority of tickets, money usually indicates professionals, which is weird to me that so much more money is coming in than tickets. That's interesting. They're on the under. I would honestly like the over here too. This is just one of these things where I, I could just see Denver being able to put points up on this terrible Jags defense. And again, the Jags, I think they have playmakers. They'll be able to put up points on this Denver's defense. Denver's defense is going to beat every team into the ground with this defense. They're going to have down weeks, and this just seems like a really bad matchup for them this week. Yeah, I agree. I feel uh, completely agree. And this is why overreaction week is so interesting. Like the fact that that this is a low total and a high spread makes me feel like too many people are buying into the Broncos and too many people are seeing what happened with the Jags and the Texans. And it's the, the polar opposites that it's really more likely the middle is what's likely going to happen. Next game up. Houston Texans at Cleveland Browns. The Texans 12 and a half point underdogs right now. Everything pointing to the Browns bets on the Browns money on the Browns quick take quick take so far, by the way, this is our third game. Nothing feels like a five favorite to me. Um, nothing feels like a Simon says certainly don't feel like a foxhole on this one. What do you got? I actually thought this would be a foxhole with you, Chad, because it feels like we're going to be the only professionals that are going to just tell people to take the Browns. Uh, All right. Well, listen, I'm glad you said that because that's the side I would want, but I was actually nervous to say it because it felt so square to take a nearly two touchdown favorite, but I think they're going to fucking kill him. This is the time. It's square. It's definitely square. And this is where we've been burned by Baker. I mean, we actually on the other side of it when uh, I think it was Chubb stepped out of bounds at the two yard line. So they didn't cover. I think we're on the other side of that when we got lucky with it. 
the Browns love to get backdoored. They love to get backdoored. Um, we literally just saw it with the Chiefs, but that was Patrick Mahomes. So it doesn't make me as scared. It's Tyrod Taylor that is going to be down big and having me coming back. But I had this at 13 and a half. So 12 and a half, 11 and a half, where it keeps fluctuating. That's good value to me. As long as it's under two touchdowns, I like it. Um, it'll be scary. We're gonna we're probably going to end up having this one in the contest because, like I always tell Chad, I like having one or two favorites in the contest. Man, like you just said, this is so chalky. It, it is so chalky, but it's a situation where Houston had a huge win at home in a divisional game. Now they're going on the road. They're feeling pretty good with a, a rookie head coach playing against the Browns, who I think they showed me something in that game against the Chiefs. I mean, they really did. Again, Baker did typical Baker thing. Baker plays a great game and then has a meltdown in the most important moment of the game. And I just don't want to be too hard on Baker, but this is what he keeps doing. Like that three and out he had in the playoffs last year when Chad Henney was playing for the Chiefs, that's going to haunt him forever. That like all he had to do was not go three and out, get a drive going, and they were going to beat the Chiefs. But I have to believe in the coaching staff of Cleveland. I have to believe in that Cleveland defense that, they, let's face it, they shut down Kansas City for about two and a half quarters. They, they looked really good against the Chiefs. So people are going to overreact. They're going to take Houston because of that win last week. I think we're going to be able to get a good number here on the Browns just because the Browns lost that heartbreaking game last week. That's a huge number to think about as one of our five faves. Yeah, it's it's tough for our five. It's, That's it's a big. huge number. It's big. That's why I like it, though. I do love I love it as a play. I, I might want to play it right now. You said it's fluctuating 12 and a half, 13 and a half or 12 and a half, 11 and a half. Yeah, 12 and a half, 11 and a half. I had it at 13 and a half in my, my ranks. And so it feels like if it's going to do anything at this point, which is Tuesday afternoon, it feels like it's going to go up, not down. So if you want it, now's the time to get it. It's fair. I would say it's fair. It, it's it's one of these things that I do think professionals are coming on the Texans. Like Brandon Cooks looked pretty good for them. It, it just seems like they could move the ball. But, again, I think people are going to realize that Jaguars' defense is terrible, especially compared to this Browns' defense. The total's at about 47 and a half. I would take the over. Both these teams have guys that can make plays and score. Next game. Buffalo Bills at Miami Dolphins. Bills visiting the Miami Dolphins. Oh, this is a good one. This is such a good one. It looks like... The Bills are three and a half point road favorites. The Bills at this point in time getting 76% of the tickets. Man, man, Tua looked terrible. I don't know how anybody can say they keep buying into Tua. The Bills did exactly what they thought we thought they would do. Josh Allen wouldn't be as good. Their running game was pretty non-existent. They didn't even try to play the running game, to be honest. The Steelers, Ben looked like a savvy veteran who, when they needed a throw to be made, he was making it. They played an exquisite game in the second half. I like the Dolphins. I just love that you poo-pooed him going up to New England and winning in week one against Bill Belichick. By the way. That's not that hard to do. I don't know what you're talking about. You poo-pooed Tua. You just said Tua Tua didn't look that good in that game. I thought he played good. He had one, one or two really stupid decisions, but again, he's a young quarterback. Yeah, like I still, I have not seen anything from him that makes me think, oh yeah, this is a guy who's going to be anything other than a game manager. I have not seen anything that from him that shows me playmaking ability. Um, that interception at the end of the game, I if, if that interception 
had cost us a win. Honest to God, I may have driven to New Jersey uh, to explain to you why I'm so against Tua in a very polite way. That's why you got to be patient. I, I didn't even flinch. And I had them in a, that big Matt Ryan Robin bet I had. So the money line with my that's right. So that's one of those things where it was situational. We talked about fading the rookies last week. And if we had just listened to it ourselves, we would have been three and oh against the spread and on the money line. So I, I can see why people are coming on the bills. Of course, like like you just said, two wasn't that impressive. It wasn't that great of a win to the public. It's only 17 to 16 that they, they beat New England. I can't deal with the bills. I, I I can't do it. I had this at three. So if it's three and a half and it's going to go, I think it's going to get the four with my, I agree. I think it's going to keep moving up. Cause I think the public will keep throwing in the bills to every teaser, every money line parlay. This just feels like the same thing last week. We stepped in it with uh green Bay. It feels like that's going to happen with uh, the bills this week. It, it's like, it, not that I feel, I think they're feeling the effects, but I watched a lot of the press conference of these guys after that loss to the Steelers. They did not handle that shit well. They were, they were just like, man, people are so freaking out. Like, the whole world's ending. Like, like I get it. We have high expectations, but it's not that big of a deal. And it's like, I don't know. That was one of those games I feel like they gave away. They dominated Pittsburgh, and Pittsburgh literally won that game in the fourth quarter. They were, they were down, um, what was it, 10 to 6 in the fourth quarter, Pittsburgh, and they ended up winning that game. Classic pros versus shows. Public's going to come in heavy on the Bills, Jad. Me and you are going to take another home dog in Miami, especially at three and a half, four. We'll, we'll talk if this is going to be in our, our five picks, but as of right now on Tuesday, I, I wouldn't do it because I think we're going to be able to get better value. So if this line keeps moving, then then we'll maybe we'll talk about a four, four and a half. Right, but I, I do think it's going to be one of our five picks. At least it's going to be part of the conversation. Like I am definitely circling it yeah. because – I love Miami here at home coming off a big win. That defense is so good. Uh, it, it feels like a great spot. And it's why we do the podcast on Tuesday and Thursday, because so many of these lines move that on Thursday, we might be getting better opportunities. We got to pay attention to it. Um, uh, total 47 and a half. Uh, any thoughts there? Under. This is going to be a great... Um, this is going to be a great one. That's part of the money line parlay. It, yeah, it's it, that would definitely be a sweat because to me, this is this feels like a, the Bills win by a few goals. But I, I would definitely put in with the values there. Hundred percent making this an underdog money line parlay. Uh, all right, oh, man, poor Matt Mitchell. It's going to be so hard for this team that had people lining up at seven a.m. in Orchard Park to tailgate and have little babies getting baptized by busting little, little cloth tables um, to go 0-2 to start the year and have the Dolphins, who we loved in the AFC East divisional preview as the best value to win that division, um, be leading the division. That's, that's going to be rough. This next game, overreaction city. Los Angeles Rams at Indianapolis Colts. Right now, I have the Rams four-point favorites on the road. 80% of the bets, 80% of the money. I discount the money at this point because sometimes the money numbers, it's a little too early to really get a good gauge. But geez, Louise. Colts plus four, sign me up. We have to do it. I hate This is why I hate my job, though. 
I, I don't even want to bet this game, but I have it at two and a half. I have to bet a lot of money on this game now. Now I have to bet the money line. I think it's so sickening about this job, but tip, this is like you just talked about. This is such a classic. Any team that wins in prime time, I like usually fade them after week one because yeah. just the public is just so in on them. They, they won their all their bets off this team in prime time. So for me, this line is the, the like, I couldn't believe how much it moved already. Um, that that's just setting up to me that I'd wait on this one as well. I, I don't. I, the professionals might come in on it, but I think by the time we do Thursday show, you might be able to get another half a point. It might go up to four and a half. So I'll keep waiting. It just seems like the money's just keep flooding in on this, and this is one of these where I have no doubt in my mind that one of these plus, plus four, plus four and a half home dogs. There's no way they don't win outright. This is just this is just the typical. Everyone picked the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Everyone's, you know, they're feeling reaffirmed in their position because the Rams look like the far superior team against the Bears. When it was 13 to 7 with the Rams and the Bears had the ball, everyone in the back of their mind was like, oh my God, the, the Bears might come back and win this game. But then Andy Dalton turned back into a pumpkins. They're not playing Andy Dalton again in this upcoming week. I think they're playing a much, much better offense in the Colts, where again, Carson Wentz has his problems. But I saw little flashes in that that game against the Seahawks where it got, kind of looked like he was figuring it out there towards the end. All right, tell me what you saw because I'm wondering the same thing. Like, like, did I see enough from the Colts to make me think they're a good team or is this only fading sort of popular opinion? No, that's fair. Maybe that's one of the reasons we don't put in our picks because Carson may need a little more time because um, he's still holding on to the ball too long. It, it's... It's ridiculous how this guy doesn't learn from everything that happened in Philadelphia, where his biggest problem was holding on to the ball too long, trying to do too much instead of just taking what the defense was giving him. And he was doing that. As soon as they got down, he started looking deep instead of taking the underneath stuff. So that's a that's a fair point by you. Maybe I am um, a little too hyped up about the number. I should take a step back and think about that. Because, again, what has Carson Wentz showed us to really back him? I, I don't know um, if he's worthy of being our, our five picks. The flip side, uh, the Rams, and thank you for that compliment, by the way, the narcissist in me <laughs> appreciates it. Uh, the Rams, by the way, 13-7. Then I think the Bears were driving again. And I kept texting with my buddy, Matt, because, of course, you know, we were watching this in pure misery. The Rams were not doing that much on offense. The score looks bad. But that was like before it got out of hand, it was two or three plays against the Bears that the really ran the Rams just threw the ball over the top. The Bears had social distancing worthy defensive breakdowns. And um they got caught, but they did a pretty good job defending underneath. They did a really good job defending against the run. I thought David Montgomery played lights out and was amazing against that Rams front four and Andy Dalton. He completed the passes he needed to complete. He made some pretty good plays. They just couldn't sort of punch it in and they gave too much away with those over the top throws. I wasn't that impressed with the Rams. I was pleasantly surprised with the bears. And I thought it said more about the Rams where, again, they're not a complete team. But you can see how they lost some pieces on defense. They've lost their D coordinator. And there's just little things like that where, okay, they might have been the number one defense last year, the Rams. But as we all know, in football, teams always have a little bit of regression. I think their regression on defense might be a lot more than we expect. The next game. San Francisco 49ers at Philadelphia Eagles. I love everything about this game. 
I love everything about betting the Eagles in this game. Simon says, take Simon the Eagles. Simon says, bet the Eagles. Simon says, Simon says, when Simon says, do it, we do what Simon says. I love it. The overreaction to me will be that the 49ers team defense isn't as bad as they looked against the Lions. That was all people are going to say that was just junk time. Going in, I had a lot of doubts about this 49ers secondary. That was why I was so high about taking those points. Again, obviously I was off. I had that line at five. It ended at, it closed at eight and a half, and that's where the number landed at eight. Or they could have kicked that field goal at the end there, Chad, and it would have landed right on five. Am I a genius? Yeah. I don't know. The fact that the 49ers came out of that game with a couple of major injuries. They had another injury to their running back. Yep. They had an injury to their number one cornerback. Yep. And that poor guy, Jason Verrett, I, I feel terrible for him. He's super talented. He played great last year in San Diego. But in, in, in Los Angeles for the Chargers. And it feels like every other year he just gets some kind of devastating injury. So let's just see what we talked about in the whole offseason, Chad. When people told me I was a homer, when I kept saying 101 take Hurts to win MVP, there was value there just because it's the Lamar Jackson effect. Lamar came in his second year and he was just fantasy. He was like fantasy gangbusters. The guy was running for all these yards, scoring all these touchdowns. I said, we have the same upside here with Hurts. If they use him right in this offense, they have him running, passing, scoring. This guy could have great value at 101. I think he's already down now to 40 to 1 to an MVP, which might be a reaction to week one. Atlanta could suck and be terrible. Or Chris Raymond could have been spot on when he talked about the Eagles have the best offensive line and the best defensive line. So Eagles are so locked in right now. I think this offense is humming. This, this game, too, we're going to talk about the over. I love the over as well. But I could see the Eagles having the, the, the most points in this game where I saw Jimmy G. I don't think he played flawless. I think he got he got a lot of uh, a lot of help from the Lions defense. So when we're just talking about going from playing the Lions to the Eagles defense. Obviously, it's a big step up. Eagles defense is much better. Back to back road games as well for the 49ers. That's another reason just to be on this Eagles team. But three and a half. You're giving me the kicker as well. I don't need it, Chad. Taking Eagles money line. This is an outright win for the Eagles here. So I, I am almost 100% positive this is one of our five picks. I 100% agree. Uh, I'm with you all the way. Saw this, squared it, circled it, did whatever I had to do. You referenced Raybon. I do want to remind people, Chris Raybon is one of the Action Network analysts, hosts the Action Network uh, NFL podcast, Action Network uh, channel. Go download it, subscribe. Um he was all over the Eagles in this. And in our show convinced me, Simon was all over the Falcons. And it was a really contentious point and showed me the difference between a guy who approaches it from an analytics metrics data perspective and a guy who uses all that, but also is a professional better who looks at markets and, and things like that. And Raybon loved the Eagles for all these reasons. And the game played out exactly like he would say. And I just thought that was amazing. And it lit up like all the signals were there. I saw the Niners favored in this game and I'm like, this is hundred percent the Eagles almost to the point where maybe we're too enthusiastic. Yeah. This might be Washington all over again. Cause this, this just feels like a layup where it's like yeah. all the signs point to the Eagles being the easiest bet here. So it, 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 we might be in some humble pie come next Tuesday. Or we're going to be champions. <laughs> when Simon says do it, we do. Next game. 
Cincinnati Bengals at Chicago Bears. The Chicago Bears are three-point favorites in this game. The total's 44 and a half. It's a really interesting matchup. You know I love the Bears. Definitely performed better than expected. Bengals did exactly what you said they would do. They covered. That game went over. Everything you said that would happen, happened. The Cincinnati Bengals came roaring back. Handicap this for me. By the end of the week, I really started coming around Cincinnati. I had enough. That, again, that's my favorite part of my job is I do have these contacts in the desert. And if they reach out to me and these old timers are telling me information, I might be an asshole and poo-poo them like I did with Green Bay and get smacked around when the Saints are up 38 to 3. Or I can listen to them like I did with the Cincinnati Bengals. And it, it's one of those where I was worried about Joe. And I had multiple people reach out to me and say, hey, Joe's look great in practice. And so has Jamar Chase. And this is one of these where you should take this number and you should take the over. I got I got lucky there that over last week. It, the Vikings didn't wake up till mid, midway through the third quarter and it went to overtime. And basically all I needed was a field goal to get to overtime. And that's what happened. That's when the overhead. So it's a game where I, I, I believe the Bengals are overvalued, of course, but. Are they not properly valued? This line feels like what exactly it should be. It's three and it hasn't moved, which is making me a little scared where it's like, okay, if I have to pick a side, I'm going to take the home team and the Bears here when it's three, where this this game's a coin flip. But the no movement, the Vegas might be telling you we have a trap here and the Bears are going to win this pretty easily. But the numbers say otherwise with Joe Burrow, he's seven, two and one, I believe, as a home as a road dog in his uh, young career. So against the spread. I would normally take the Bears, Chad, but because of your voodoo with the Bears, I guess we can't put them in our five because it's never worked out for us. Whenever we we both love the Bears, that's when you shouldn't take the Bears. So it, we might be falling into a trap here, but man, minus three with the Bears at home with your defense against Joe Burrow, I, I have to take the Bears. I just that's too good of a number not to take. Yeah, it does feel a little bit like it's too short, right? You know, I think that taking my biases out of the way. <laughs> Taking them out of the way. It's the same principles and theories apply to this game that they do to, say, the Rams game, right? Where you have to take a little bit of the shine off the Bengals for what they did against the Vikings and a little bit of the sort of grossness off the Bears for how badly it looked against the Rams and go with the short number. So I, I can't disagree with you at all. Yeah. And again, people were giving Mr. Hard time the lines. People it wasn't like I was taking tell you to take the Bears all last week at seven and a half. That was also supposed to be a sharp number, a prime time game where everyone, all the public was coming in on the Rams. I stayed away. I ended up taking the Rams. We took them as well in our survivor, survivor contest. That's so right. It's again, I paid for Detroit. Like I bet that seven and a half for three months. So people that didn't think that was a, that hurt me, it killed me. That was a, that was a five figure loss, but. I bet the eight, I bet the eight and a half, I bet the nine, I bet the nine and a half. And when it got to 10 minus 125, I took that too, but I just didn't put that much on it. But you just can't bet it just on Tuesday. And then if the number is moving against what you bet, you just sit there and go, well, I already bet at seven and a half. I don't want to invest anymore now that it's eight and a half, nine and a half. No, you have to trust yourself and what you believe in and bet these things. It's, it's scary. It definitely is when the whole public and the pros are going against you. But again, you have to trust the numbers you're putting out there. That's why. I was just so big on the Lions where everyone hated it so much. I knew it was going to come through where the Bears were different. I heard plenty of professionals say, no, this, this is too high of a number. The Rams, it's their first game with Stafford. Take the seven and a half. 
we stayed away from that, luckily. So we're not suckers for the Bears here. We're, we're pretty smart when we do and do not take the Bears. Las Vegas Raiders at Pittsburgh Steelers. Las Vegas Raiders, five and a half, six and a half. <sighs> I don't have a read on this right now. I mean, we have to take the Steelers, don't we? I just talked about fading these time these teams off prime time. It's it's a system I've stuck to in these early weeks, my whole life doing this. I I, I do believe this is a fair number. I had it at five, so right now I actually am leaning towards value being on the Raiders. But man, coming off that win, especially that way, going on the road now, they're playing arguably one of the best defenses in football. Uh, I I'll say I'll say Baltimore is pretty good too. We talked about their injuries though. Jimmy Smith yeah. was out. Like they just lost Marcus Peters. They've had some major injuries. Pittsburgh's healthy, and the biggest fear with Pittsburgh is they're 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 playing them on the most. They're, they're the teams with like I think it was them, the Lions, and it might have been the Jags or maybe the Jets started the most rookies and the rookies played the most snaps week one. It's a little scary with uh, Pittsburgh. Um, cause I think we, we talked about it. We liked Oakland coming in this year. I gave out, uh, Derek Carr 50 to one, the league, the league in passing. Guess who's number one in the league in passing right now, Chad, our good friend, Derek Carr. Derek Carr of the Las Vegas Raiders. Damn it, every time. Uh, yeah. So if you're, if you're a homer here for, for Vegas, I get it. You can take, take them, take the money line. I have to fade what they're coming off of. And I have to take a team where. I love Pittsburgh. I love their defense. Uh, they're wide receiving core in the Dallas core. It just seems like they're going to be one of these teams that no matter what, Pittsburgh's always going to be in games because they have three dominant receivers, same as uh, Dallas. So I, I like this number. I think it's a fair price. And we have to take some favorites, don't we, Chad? So this is one of those I'm to the list. I, I, I like Pittsburgh this upcoming week. I don't I don't hate it. Uh, I don't hate it at all. Uh I can't I can't argue with you because the next game I do want to talk about. I don't want to spend too much time on Steelers Raiders, but I like the under in that game as well. Forty eight and a half. It scared me a little bit. The pros came in so heavy on the over, but I do like the under in that game. This next game, it's going to test all of our principles and philosophies. New England Patriots at New York Jets. The Patriots five and a half point favorites on the road against the New York Jets. Two rookie quarterbacks, rookie coach in the New York Jets, home debut for Zach Wilson and Robert Sala. Bill Belichick coming off a home loss with Mac Jones, who looked good, manageable, made the right throws. Sometimes you got to do gross things. I will 100% put the Jets in my money line parlay with the Eagles, with the Dolphins, 100% doing that. Don't do it. Don't do it. Really? Uh yeah, I thought Bill, I was making the cover, sharp play. Or I guess he does cover against rookies. I think he's 14 and 12, but he mainly just wins. I think he's 20 and three against rookies straight up, something crazy like that. So, or maybe it's 20 and six straight up against rookies. Um, I love the Jets here. This is an inflated line. It's the same thing where last week when you called me up and you said, all right, who are we taking? I said, we either have to take the Jets five and a half. We got to take the Bengals three and a half. Or we got to take the Lions seven and a half. One of these teams is not going to cover, though. We have to figure out which one it is. We messed up. We left the Jets out. It ended up being the Lions, not covering by half a point. So it's a smart line. It feels like Vegas is going to be really smart with this Jets team this season. Um, a lot of injuries. That's the biggest fear with me with this Jets team. That's the only reason I'm not like definitely putting this in our five, because 
I loved it. Even last week before they even played, I knew no matter what, the public was going to be coming heavy, heavy on the Patriots, no matter what their outcome of their game was. I thought Mac looked good. Uh, honestly, Mac Jones played pretty well for them. He had that one dumb pick. Um, but other than that, I thought he played smart. But again, it's a big number for a rookie quarterback on the road. And I liked what I saw from the Jets defense in their second half adjustments against Carolina. Carolina scored 16 points in the first half. I believe they only scored three in the second half. So it's a divisional game. Chad, how can we not take the home dog in the divisional game? We already did with Miami. We're doing it again here with the Jets. We're uh, we're kind of setting ourselves up for major failure here, but five and a half. Woo! Wait on this. It's going to keep getting bet up. This is definitely going to six. In my, in my opinion, this is like, how does the public not keep betting this up? They're going to love the Bell Belichick stat we just talked about. 20 and six straight up. Everyone's going to be putting this one in their teaser. We're going to have another conversation about that on Thursday. That that Jets game, I've I've circle squared it. Right now, the game the, the games that I know we're going to want to have another conversation about on Thursday. The Bills visiting Miami, the Niners visiting the Eagles, Cincy visiting the Bears, the Raiders visiting the Steelers, the Pats visiting the Jets. Those are all games that we're definitely going to want to have a deeper conversation. Oh, about. and I forgot to say, my the team I bet a bunch of money on was that Eagles game. Got it. Well, obviously, Simon says. Yeah, as soon as it, just as soon as it hit three and a half, I pounced on it. I I I I was waiting for it to hit that number because I knew the public would come in on the 49ers. And now I'm just gonna keep waiting and hope it goes to four. I'm gonna keep waiting, hope it goes four because I don't want to I want to get the best of the number now, and I think it's going in that direction. New Orleans Saints at Carolina Panthers. The Saints are going to be road favorites. They are about a four-point road favorite right now. Again. Give me, give me against the overreaction. Of course, I want to take the Panthers here. I do too. We might have to wait till Thursday to talk about this game just because I saw that the Saints might have an outbreak right now on their coaching staff with COVID. Okay. So I, coming in, I was all in on Carolina. Now it feels like it's the easy take to make that we like Carolina. But um, we can talk about that on Thursday once we get more information. We'll see who has COVID. If Sean Payton's going to be able to be there, it's – Again, it's a lot of moving parts this season with COVID. So this is our first really major one that this could shake up some things. So as we stand right here, if you have to make a pick in this game, I, I would take Carolina in the four, but I would wait on that to get him more information. Minnesota Vikings at Arizona Cardinals. Minnesota right now is a three and a half point underdog. I kind of thought it would be more. I thought there would be a bigger overreaction. So to me, this feels a little bit like a pass. It was. It was four and a half. The pros hit it. So that's well, a pro go. game. Overreaction. Cardinals yeah. look like the best team in week one. Uh, Chandler Jones had five sacks. Again, we we, uh, we talked about while we were down on Tennessee, Chad, they got rid of Johnny Smith, arguably one of the best run block, uh, pass blocking tight ends in the league. And Corey Davis, another top five run block, uh, pass blocking wide receiver. So we saw what happened with Derrick Henry against the Cardinals. He really couldn't do much. He had no blocking. So that offensive line had troubles handling the Cardinals defensive line. Overreaction to the moon in this game. Uh, the, the, the fact that the bookmakers only moved at a point lets you all you need to know. And the public's going to come in so heavy on the Cardinals. So either stay away or you take Minnesota in this game. Um, I, I understand why you don't want to put in our five. But, again, this is one of these we're probably going to talk about on Thursday. Maybe you're going to feel a little better about it. Yeah, but if I'm already not getting the better, the best of the number, like from a sides perspective, I want nothing to do with it. These lines move, though. That's what I'm trying to say to you. Like the public, 
the public loved to bet Sunday, 11 a.m. It, it, it's that's when a lot of the movements right, that's happen. true. So like Sunday at 11 a.m. And you should watch Convince Me to get the latest on the lines at Action Network HQ Sundays at 11 a.m. Eastern. Uh, this game could go back up to four, four and a half. And that's what we want. We, we want yep. to get back up there. Yep. All right. Three and a half. So that's a not worth the value. It's a wait. Wait on the game. Atlanta Falcons at Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Our favorite team. We promised this was going to be an Atlanta Falcons podcast all year because we love this team so much. Then they go out and do Falcons lay eggs because that's what they did. Falcons visiting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Champa Bay. Right now, the Falcons are 11 and a half point underdogs. Put it all on the Falcons, folks. Thank you, Chad. Yep. Throw it on the Falcons' money line as well. Hornet's nest! We're walking into a hornet's nest! I'm walking into a fucking hornet's nest, all right? Now be my companion. Hornet, hornet, hornet's nest, hornet's nest. The whole damn thing! Hornet's nest! How'd she down with you? Really? You're just saying it already? This is the definition of a hornet's nest. I don't even need your approval on this. I'm right, aren't I? Scott Miller, our good friend, has me doing real work for your company now, Chad. And it's a shame. He makes me go and I have to put in from my system what I think each spread should be and what the over-under should be. I guess he puts it into some who knows what. It's a lot of nerdy stuff. It's a magic machine. Yeah, exactly. So I was scared to even do it because uh, Sean and Stucky had both put their numbers in there and they weren't anywhere close to mine. But I did it. I had this at seven and a half with Atlanta. Uh, love the value. Love the money line, divisional game. Atlanta couldn't have played any worse against the Eagles. That, that just like the Green Bay game, we're going to talk about how it's a throwout game. That's how the Atlanta game felt. I think their offensive line has the lowest grade in pro football focus, which is uh, a little scary because we're going against arguably one of the best D lines in all of football. But Atlanta's not good at running the ball anyway. They're a passing team. And we saw how awful and banged up this Buccaneer secondary is. So, Give it to me. Give me give me those points. Live for the back door in this game. We, we are never going to be out of this game. Even if it's 30 to 10, we're still in this game, Chad. So this this number, it's coming down a little bit. I think it opened 13 and a half and now it's down yeah. to 12 yeah. or 11 and a half at certain books. I would tell you to jump on it, but the pros could be done. The pros could be waiting for it to go back up. So I don't know. That's hard. I, I, I like I feel so bad now about the Lions last week. People taking a seven and a half. You can see I'm scared to tell people to take these big numbers on Tuesday. But if, if you like this number, take it. I already have. But you can keep waiting because I do think by Sunday, this money line is going to go up as well. Is this a can- candidate for a money line parlay? Oh, 100 percent. This is definitely going to be in the uh, round robin. Wow. I always throw a big one in there because you only have to hit it once or twice a year. And you get your money back tenfold, like 350 for Detroit. They had the ball on the 25 yard line with a chance to tie the game and go into overtime. That's what we live for, Chad. So I'll take it again. If it's at plus 300, we're more than happy. Plus 400, we're more than happy to take it. Do we worry at all that the Falcons looked so bad that none of the stuff we thought they would be good at, that my Matt Ryan 38 to one to lead the league in touchdown passes looks DOA? Like they looked terrible or was the Falcons or the Eagles defense just that good that's the hardest part about week one because they look absolutely lost just the blocking scheme for Atlanta they started out so I mean they were literally the dominating the Eagles on the front they're running the ball down the Eagles throat 
They're they're passing it all the way down the field. They kept settling for field goals, and all of a sudden it just flipped, and they got out schemed. So you could be right. I, I I could be over, not giving too much credit to Arthur Smith, but I, I truly believe in him as a coordinator. Now I believe him as a head coach. So it, it's one of those where I have to trust my numbers. And again, if they lay another egg here, of course, Chad, I, I'm going to be updating this, and maybe I'm way too high on this Atlanta Falcons team. Look, you should remind people it usually takes three to four weeks for professional betters and for bookmakers to really adjust power ratings. Like you got to get a sample, um, and so, you have to trust what you believe going in. Yeah, you can't just change it out. You can't be the public and overreact after one week. Dallas Cowboys at Los Angeles Chargers. The Chargers are very small favorites in this game. The Chargers are two and a half point favorites. Very low number. Very low number. Hmm. Too, too much of a coin flip for us to put in the contest. It, there's certain games where it feels like both defenses are lacking in areas where the offenses they're going against are so high-powered. Yeah, I'm never going to feel comfortable in this game. The, the, the Chargers could be up by 13. I won't feel great. I could have Dallas, and they could be up by 13. I'm still going to be nervous because their defense is so bad. So I'm cool staying away with this one, but I I will be betting the Chargers. I, I can just see the public coming in heavy on the Cowboys and two and a half under a field goal of the home team that I, I believe has the better team all around than the Cowboys. I'm happy to take Herbert here. So give me the Chargers minus two and a half. Yeah, I agree. Like, I don't think we want to make it a top five pick, but I do almost automatically a team as good as we think the Chargers are less than a less than a field goal. That's an auto play for me. Yeah, that was an impressive win. You went on; they went on the road week one with a yeah. rookie head coach, and they 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 really played well in that game against a really good defense. Uh, the total in this game is fifty five and a half. You got a thought? So high. Uh, 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 the 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 pro says take the under, but I know how secretly I'm probably going to end up betting this over because it's such a fun game. But I already know I'm about to get five phone calls right when this podcast comes out. It goes, you have to bet this under. So. I'll do the professional thing and tell people you, you, you take this under. And now a word from our friends at FanDuel. The NFL is back and FanDuel Sportsbook wants you to get the most out of every play. That's why they're giving everyone a $10 risk-free bet every week. All you have to do is bet a same game parlay bet with three legs or more. And if your bet doesn't win, FanDuel will pay you back up to $10. For example, this Thursday night, I'm considering the Washington football team money line, the under, and Daniel Jones rushing yards over. And remember, if you see an SGP logo under a listed game, then same game parlays are available. FanDuel Sportsbook is known for being fast, easy, and secure, and there's no feeling like nailing a same game parlay bet. So lock in your bet today at FanDuel Sportsbook and get up to 10 bucks back if your bet doesn't win. New to FanDuel Sportsbook? They are also offering a risk-free $1,000 bet if you prefer that. Just sign up with promo code FAVORITES. And if your first bet loses, you can get up to $1,000 back in site credit. That's promo code FAVORITES. Must be 21 or older and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, New Jersey, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG in Colorado, New Jersey, and Virginia. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential 
confidential help in Michigan, 1-800-889-9789 in Tennessee. Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. Let's get back to the show. Tennessee Titans at Seattle Seahawks. The Titans are big, big dogs in this game, relatively speaking. It opened at three and a half. It's now at five and a half. Seattle, I thought, played amazingly well against the Colts and a really good Colts defense. Like that Colts defense is no joke. So um, tell me why I wouldn't take the Seahawks here. I'm trying hard not to overreact, um, but everything I just talked about, them losing Johnny Smith on the blessed best blocking tight ends them losing Corey davis from the best blocking receivers the coaches are already talking shit about julio jones after the first game saying that he needs to shut up so hate the vibes come out of tennessee this is one of the bigger unders we had coming into the season i was really down on them and i a lot of people were pissed that i was bad mouth in tennessee i think they're starting to see what i was seeing that this team had a lot of uh just change coming its way especially after losing arthur smith to the falcons and the, the Seahawks, that they always come out of the gates playing well. That that was a bad read by me to even think taking the Colts last week against them. So I'm not doing it again this week. Seahawks having fans back at home, 12th man, Tannehill on the road. I love it. Fade them here. This this the, To me, Chad, if we get a good number here, if this stays at five under six, I have no problem putting this with our five best. This is one of the favorites I do like this week. I completely agree. I love this game. Let's lock it in now. Dude, we're done. We're done. Put it in. I might go bet this right now. As soon as we get off the podcast, I'm going to go bet this game. Kansas City Chiefs at Baltimore Ravens. Right now, I'm looking at the Chiefs. Three and a half point favorites. It opened at one. Obviously changing from last night. Oh, gosh. Easy. Easy bet. Chad already knows what we're doing here. Primetime game. Home dog. Just lost in embarrassing fashion in primetime. Love it. Public, please keep betting the Chiefs because I would love a better number than four. Keep Give me four and a half. Give me five. I would love it to take it here. We've seen the Chiefs. They can't stop the run, Chad. And the Ravens, they just keep picking guys up. I mean, they made Murray look young last night uh, running the ball. So yeah, I, I, I like this matchup a lot for the Ravens. Um, e- even if the Chiefs come out firing, they get an early lead. They're never going to be out of this game. This is especially it's the home opener for them. So people, I, I get it. I hate it too. It's not going to be one of me and Chad's fives, most likely. Um, just because it's terrifying going against Patrick Mahomes. It is the most terrifying thing ever. So I I, I love the plus four, but I'm not going to t- tell anyone to take the money line here because Mahomes hasn't lost in September in 11 games, 11 straight wins in September for Mahomes. So it's not worth betting against them at this point. So I will not be taking the Ravens money line, but I will be taking the plus four. Monday night football, ugly, ugly game. Hard one to handicap. Detroit Lions at Green Bay Packers. Right now, the Packers are 11 and a half point favorites. This feels like a stay away for me. Cool staying away, but also cool taking the Lions. Um, Personally, Green Bay's defense Wow, were they bad against the Saints? Outcoached at every level. Um, I, I'm hoping that Green Bay's new DC can figure it out pretty quick because he might get fired after just two weeks. He's actually a guy that came from the Rams and they've put a lot of expectations on him. He might be just like Zach Taylor, where it's like these guys come from the Sean McVay coaching tree and they're just complete duds. Um, 
that that defense looked horrible against the Saints. Again, Aaron Rodgers led them astray. Um, I think the numbers are he's uh, 3-0, and he averages four touchdowns and interceptions after games. He's had a game like he had yesterday three other times in his career, and he's 3-0 with four touchdowns and zero interceptions in all three of those games. I just like the over in this game, too. I, I, I feel like that's the much safer bet where you're going to be able to get some junk time touchdowns from Detroit here. This back door will be open the entire game, um, and Rodgers is going to show up. That that was embarrassing, complete dud of a game. But let's just take a, let's take a second here and think about maybe everything Matt Mitchell said in the offseason is true. This guy's got drama. He's got demons. He's not happy. He doesn't even want to play for this team. They got a bunch of turmoil. That's all noise. That could all be true. I mean, whatever reason you need, that could be a reason to take the lines. Just off the number base, this number should be 10, 11, 11 and a half. That's a great number to take the line. So you you take the value here and don't even think about it. This is one of these games where I'll probably bet it. And I might make plans for Monday night. Maybe I'll go out to dinner because this is <laughs> this is awful. This is an awful game. Oh, my God. That's too good. That's awesome. All right. Let's recap quickly. On Thursday, we will narrow down several of the games that we picked today to our five favorite picks. Right now, we like the Bills at the Fins. We like uh, Miami. We're looking at the Niners at Eagles. We like the Eagles. Cincy at the Bears. We like the Bears. Raiders at Steelers. We like the Steelers. Pats at Jets. We're going to keep looking at that line. We're going to wait on it. Probably going to like the Falcons at the Bucks. Cowboys at Chargers. It's a coin flip. We're going to keep an eye on the Chargers, though. Probably not going to think about us at our top five. Love the Seahawks in this spot. Absolutely love them. Those are the games that we're going to talk about on Thursday as we narrow it down. Uh, Our hornet's nest. We're walking into the hornet's nest. I'm walking into a fucking hornet's nest, all right? Now be my companion. Falcons plus 11 and a half. Simon says, bet the Eagles. That's where he has the most early bets so far. Bet the Eagles. Underdogs at home. We got Moneyline Parlays to talk about on Thursday. We got Survivor Pool to talk about on Thursday. But I feel like we've given people a pretty good roundup of what they want to think about if they want to get in some early bets right now and where our leans are. I know I'm going to get off this call and and start making some plays. Yeah, it's never too early in the week to start firing away, Chad. And again, if the line moves against you, people, trust yourself. If you if you think I'm full of shit, then just buy out. But if you believed in me and my bet with the lines last week, keep hitting these numbers. You're you're literally the, the sports books are giving you value because they need people like you to bet with them. Sportsbooks cleaned up last week. That could have been you if you just trusted what you were doing. So it's all really scary. Just make the bets. Trust the numbers. I believe in you, Simon. I believe in you every single day. Thank you, Dad. You are my BFF. You are my <laughs> companion. This has been the favorites from the Volume Podcast Network. Download from Spotify, from Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Rate, review, subscribe. Also on Thursday, we will be doing the reviews for the people who we are choosing to potentially win one of Simon's biggest bets of the year. It better be funny. It better be five stars. If you make fun of me, that's fine. But don't you dare make fun of my BFF, Simon. We will see you again on Thursday. Love you. Love you.